Welcome back to Life Sculptors Podcast, where we're having conversations that help your life take shape. I'm your host, Dante Poole, and I am excited about today's episode where we begin a conversation about how to deal with your thoughts and emotions when things don't go as you had hoped or planned. It's a multi-episode conversation based on the book, When Things Aren't Going Right, Go Left by Mark Cola Giovanni and illustrated by Peter Reynolds. I think we ought to give it a read. One day, for no particular reason, nothing was going right. Absolutely, positively, nothing was going right. So I decided to go left. The first thing I did, I left behind my worries. Yep, I left them right there on the ground. They looked up at me and wondered, where are you going? But I just smiled and waved goodbye. Wait, they hollered. Come back. What will happen to us? I simply shrugged my shoulders. You'll be fine. As I walked away, I thought, did I make the right choice? Should I go back and get them? Doubts crept in. So you know what I did? I left behind my doubts. Yep, I left them right there on the ground. They bellowed, you're making a mistake. But I just gazed at the sky. They questioned, are you sure you're making the right decision? Absolutely, I declared. With my worries and doubts left behind, I could finally think clearly. I forged on until I came to a pool and a diving board I remembered all too well. The last time I tried to dive off that diving board, I splatted on my back. Ouch. I remembered the pain and how scared I was. I, was, I started thinking, hmm, maybe I shouldn't try this again. So you know what I did? I left behind my fears. Yup, I left them right there on the ground. They started screaming, don't do it. I stood up straight, shoulders back, hands pressed above my head. Stop, they cried. But I simply turned and gave them a wink. And I leapt. Splat! On my back once again. Oof! That stings! I thought to myself, this is impossible. It can't be done. So you know what I did? I left my frustrations. Yep, I left them right there on the ground. They yelled, you can't do it! Again, I stood up straight, shoulders back, hands pressed above my head. They laughed. (laughs) Give it up already. 
I whispered to myself, no way, never. I left. Feet together, toes pointed, legs straight. Perfect. I did it. I started to realize the more left I went, the more right I felt. So you know what I did? Yep, I kept going left. And before I knew it, everything was going right. As I walked home, I glanced at the ground and I noticed something that I did not expect. My frustrations were a lot smaller. My fears a lot quieter. My doubts a lot calmer. My worries practically gone. So I decided to pick them back up. And you know what? They felt lighter now. And they weren't so hard to handle anymore. And I realized it was okay to have them with me so long as I kept an eye on them and made sure that they didn't get too big or too loud or too overwhelming. But if they did and I felt like nothing was going right again, then I'd simply go left. When life's burdens start to feel too heavy, don't be afraid to put them down for a while. The end. Can I just tell y'all, I'm just loving this so much. Like, y'all, I think we have given going left a bad rap. Like typically when somebody talks about going left, they, they, they're referring to times when things were going good and then they were not going so good. Like, or, or they were feeling good and then something happened and the result is them feeling mad or frustrated or disappointed. It, it's, we experience some negative emotions when things go left. Oh, my gosh. But let me tell you something. This character in the book, I think, is bringing to light something to us. He says, one day, for no particular reason, nothing was going right. Absolutely, positively, nothing was going right. I believe we've all experienced um, in our lives when things just don't seem to be going right. But what does it mean for things to go right? The word right means justified, meaning that, that, that things are happening, have the grounds to happen. Like there's a reason behind, like if it's right, if it's justified, it's like if I don't pay my bill and the lights get turned off. That's, it's justifiable that the lights are turned off, right? If I, I don't put, put gas in my car and it runs out of gas, it, it's justifiable that the car eventually is going to stop running. I'm just saying that, that, that sometimes when we think about right, we think about what's justified, but we also think about what's acceptable, right? What, what, what is tolerable, what's pleasurable and welcomed. Sometimes it, it, it's, it's that I'm willing to um, accept or, or take what is the least sufficient, you know, the, the least, like at the very least, like if I go to work, you ought to pay me. 
Right? I, I mean, I should get at least minimum wage, right? I, I should at least get something from this. I mean, if, if, I, if I call you, I, I at least expect you to listen to my voicemail if you don't answer the call or, or, or send me a text message or get me a reply. I, I, I mean, that, that's what's right. Hmm. Like how often do we experience moments or seasons when it seems like there's no rhyme or reason, though, for the things that are happening to us. Like when life is not making sense, when, when things just, they're just not right. But I want to tell you that this is not an issue of morality, right? This is not about justice, right? But this, for me, is an issue of expectation. Mm-hmm. See, we experience a lot of negative emotions and thoughts when we expected something to happen and it doesn't. We might call it disappointment. Like every day of our lives, we are setting expectations, whether they're conscious or unconscious, whether they're communicated or not communicated, we're setting expectations because it, 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 it helps us live our lives to set expectations. And expectations are like films in our minds, right? They, 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 we picture how things are going to get played out. I mean, it engages all of our senses, right? It engages our, our, our sense of smell, our sense of taste, our, 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 our hearing, uh, 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 what we see. I mean, when we set expectations, it really engages us. Uh, check this. How many times have you said, I just got a taste for something? Mm-hmm, right? Sometimes it's ice cream, right? I got a taste for ice cream. And, and you know that in their fridge at home, there is some ice cream. And so you already begin to get your mouth set up for what that flavor is going to be and just the yummy goodness that's going to be in that bowl. And maybe you just eat it right out the carton with a spoon. You just know. Or maybe it's not at the house. It's at your favorite uh, ice cream spot on the way home. You know you're going to pass that ice cream spot. And so you, on your way home, you pass by the ice cream spot. And they're closed for renovations. I mean, you didn't know there was not a sign that warned you. And so now you're struggling. You're like, man, but at least I got some ice cream at the house, right? And you get to the house and you open up the freezer. Lord, the ice cream is gone. Somebody has eaten the last of the ice cream. <sighs> Y'all, this happened to me recently. I, I, I had a taste for catfish. Oh my gosh, I just, I could smell it. I, I could almost taste it. I, I could hear the catfish being fried in the grease. Girl, yes, right? And, and so I, I said, okay, I'm going. I was out. I said, I'm going to stop by this place because I know they have catfish. And I'm going to go and I'm going to sit down and I'm going to eat this catfish. It's going to be great, right? I get to the restaurant. I sit down. The server comes over. She's like, what do you want to drink? You know, I tell her what my drink preference is. And, and so um, she says, you need a moment. I said, yeah, let me look at the menu for a second because I wanted to make sure it was still on there. And, and as I I'm looking, she walks away and I overhear another server and she says, I'm sorry, sir, to the other patron. We're out of catfish. 
Now I have a conundrum. I got a taste for catfish. She just announced that there's no catfish left in the store. And I'm like, what restaurant runs out of catfish? I mean, come on. It's only 12 noon. They ain't been selling catfish all day. I mean, you know know how you get in your mind. Now you're fussing, right? It still didn't change the fact there's no catfish, right? So my server comes back and she's like, you're ready to order. I was like, yeah, I I thought I was ready, but... (laughs) I came for catfish and I heard the other server say there's no catfish. She says, well, I'll give you a moment because we got we got other things, right? We got scallops and shrimp and all these other things she tried to offer me. And, and so she walks away and I'm sitting there and now I'm having this whole conversation. I'm trying to talk myself into something else that I don't have a taste for. And you know what I realized? Ain't no need of me doing that because I don't want it. And so I get up, I grab my things and I am walking out of the restaurant. I'm done. I'm, I'm like, I'm done. I get up, I walk out. Uh, the server says, you know, are you coming back? I said, like, I said, no, I'm not coming back. I wanted catfish. Y'all don't have any. She was like, do you want to take this drink to go? I was like, no. She said, I'm just going to pour it out. I was like, listen, where I'm at right now, you can just go ahead and pour that out because that ain't what I have a taste for. So, so I leave and I go find another place that has the catfish and I sit and I enjoy what I had a taste for. <sighs> Y'all. We set expectations for things, and when they don't come to pass, when they don't happen the way we expected them to happen, we go through changes. But even more, like what do you think it's like when your expectation is not expressed? What, like what happens when it's unconscious? Ah, uh, like. What do you do when you have an expectation and no one even knows you want it? Can I just put a side note right here? Like sometimes we expect others to give us what we have not communicated to them. And then we punish them when they don't come through for us. We need to fix that. It is not okay to expect something from someone that you have not communicated. So it gets me to thinking about, okay, where do expectations come from then, right? Where, 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 what is the intel, right, that we've gathered that helps us set our expectations about whether or not things are going to go right? So if you're unaware of how your expectations are set, then you become a victim of your own expectations because they have more than likely been set on things that are out of your control. Hmm. Here's what they sound like in your head. You ready? Shoulds. Ought tos. This is just common sense. I mean... We do that, right? We have this whole internal dialogue about what should be happening and what ought to be happening and what is just common sense. Like, duh. The problem is these thoughts are based on the assumption that everybody thinks like you. Even worse that the way that you think about the thing is the right way. 
Yeah. We got to let that settle for a moment that that sometimes the way we're thinking about something is driven by the fact that we think that the way we are thinking about it is the right way. Like, what if the thing you thought was right is really not right? Like, what do you do with that? (sighs) But there's a way to sort it out, right? There's there's a way to sort this out. There's a way to sort this out. And, 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 and really, one of the ways that we, we begin to sort this out is we start thinking about how our perspectives are developed. Like what influences the way I see things, the way I think about things? What, what information am I feeding my mind about the circumstances around me? That matters. That matters, right? You, and so if you want to know what you really believe, Pay attention to how you respond when things are not going right. Pay attention to the conversation you are having with yourself when things are not going right. You know, the person you talk to the most is you. And, and, and I often ask the question of people like, what if someone talked to you the way you talk to yourself? Like, would you tolerate someone talking to you, using the language you use about yourself? Like, we say the most negative, unhealthy things to ourselves. We we call ourselves stupid and just, I mean, we just have these ugly conversations with ourselves. Like, we've become so accommodating to our negative thinking and self-talk that we have normalized a negative mental and emotional environment that we have created with our own words. We, we don't like messy homes, right? Like, Michael, most people like to keep a clean home. Like, we just want to leave. I mean, I'm not talking about everybody has the same level of cleanliness. That's not one. But to some level, we like our houses to be in, in some sort of order, right? Uh, but, but we think that we can thrive in our messy minds and hearts. <laughs> like, how we process things. That, that are happening in our lives is so important to how we land with those things, how, how we land with our perception about those things. And so our, our thinking and our feelings can be far more fragile than we will admitting, are willing to admit. Mm-hmm. See, evidence of our fragile thinking is when we start having this conversation, we start using words like this. Everybody, nobody, always, nothing, ever, every time, never. Like we'll say something like everybody hates me. Like, like nothing ever goes right. right? It always happens to me. <laughs> We're like the character in the book, right? Absolutely, positively, nothing is going right. So the first thing that we got to do if we're going to sort this out is we have to stop allowing our thoughts and feelings to go wherever they want to. What? 
You are not at the mercy of your thoughts and feelings. Yes, yes, yes. I'm going to say it again. You are not at the mercy of your thoughts and feelings. In other words, if you don't direct them, they will direct you. And you'll end up in spaces and places that you didn't want to, that you didn't plan to, that are beyond your expectations, maybe even below your expectations. And so changing directions and your thinking can make a world of difference. So I love this book, right? The, the, the character in the book says, hey, nothing's going right. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go left. I'm going to change the direction of my thinking so that I can get to a better place. And sometimes you just have to put down the emotional and mental baggage you've been carrying. Baggage. We carry with us so much baggage from what happened before, what's happening now, what we anticipate happening. We are carrying all of this baggage. And I'm just telling you, we are hoarders. We hoard things. We hoard people. We, we hoard negative thoughts and emotions. Oh, you've seen the show before where you look and you see the people in there like extreme. They're hoarding things. And you're going, oh, my gosh, how did they hold on to so much stuff? And we're really being judgy because in all reality, we hoard things, too. You just can't see them. People can't see them. They, they don't see the people that we keep holding on to that we should have let go of. They, they can't see the negative experiences that we've had that we just keep holding on to and reliving in our minds that we should be just letting go. They don't see those things, but we are hoarding them. And we struggle to let the memories of things go. We, we struggle to let um, the emotions go of it because we're afraid that if we let them go, then how will we show up in the world? See, because if, 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 if I've been showing up as someone who's just frustrated with life, I'm just edgy. And what do I do if I'm no longer frustrated? Who, who, who am I without my worries, doubts, fears, and frustrations? <laughs> Y'all, we are hoarders. We hold on to things because they give us a sense of security and predictability. Oh, we like it predictable. Even if it harms us, we still stay because at least I know what that is. I just want to tell you that your hoarding of thoughts and emotions, they're cluttering you internally. So much so that it's impacting your ability to see the world, and yourself clearly. Mm. I need you to go left. <laughs> like, for real. I need you to go left. And, and, and this will require that you put some things down. I, I, the, the character in the book, the first thing that he puts down is worries. Yeah, Worries. Uh, there's a picture in the book of the character. He's got this box on his head, and it's a wooden crate, and it's, it is labeled fragile. And in that crate, resting on his head, are his worries. 
to worry. It means to ask the question, what will happen to me? It is to, uh, listen, y'all ready? I, I, when I worry, what I'm doing is I'm allowing my own mind to harass me about actual or potential problems or difficulties. <laughs> y'all, worry is self-harassment. Like, I would not put up with the harassment of someone else, but I harass myself all the time when I worry about things, when I rehearse the negative outcomes that might happen or that could happen or that may have occurred. <laughs> oh, my gosh. you telling me that we harass ourselves? Ah. Oh. Yeah, that's what we do. That's what we do. And so it creates this pressure, right? It creates this pressure and, and we have to balance it on our heads and it, 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 it impedes our vision. It keeps us from being able to turn and see the other possibilities. It comes from a Greek word that means to strangle. Yeah, worries will strangle your vision. Mm -hmm. And so when you determine to stop allowing your life to be directed by your worries, you can take on the attitude of the character in this book. He simply shrugged his shoulders and said, you'll be fine. Because really what he was saying is, I'm going to be fine. We're going to be all right. Mm. But it only happens if I put down my worries. And, and I, I like that worries are addressed first in, in, in the sequence of the book because uh, worries often are, are, have the most. We have the most worries. Like we have so many worries. It's large in quantity. And, and so, um, but, but really, our worries sometimes can be a manifestation of our doubts. Hmm. Our worries can be a manifestation of our doubts. And so when we look at our doubts, you know where, what our doubts are saying to us? You're making a big mistake. Yeah, we're carrying a box full of worries and a bag full of doubts. Yeah, and, and, and doubts create unnecessary weight. It's, it's unnecessary weight, man. It, 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 when I'm doubting, it means to question the. Uh, uh, it's to question myself. <laughs> it, it's to question my ability. It's to question my competence. It's to question what I believe. But it's also to question what is true, and, and what is truthful, but also what is trustworthy. That our doubts are a question of trustworthiness of someone or something. Like, can I trust this? When I am struggling with doubts, I am utilizing resources that I'm supposed to point towards my strengths, my talents, my abilities. I'm supposed to point these resources towards what I know. 
and doubt causes me to misallocate them to negative thinking and negative emotions. And you know what it does? Doubts stifle progress. And so if worries impede our vision, doubts stifle our progress. Because the energy that we could be using to move forward, to be progressing towards something more productive, something more beneficial, we are using that energy to keep us from even trying. Oh, my goodness. And so I I have to deal with my doubts and my worries because... Doubts in particular are the busiest. <laughs> they are the busiest. So if, if worries are, are the biggest, doubts are the busiest. Man, they, 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 they keep us from the courage needed to go in the direction of health, to go in the direction of healing, to, to go in the direction of hope. Our doubts get in the way. Of us being great. And so if I learn to put my doubts and my worries down, then I begin to think more clearly. Hmm. I begin to think more clearly. Now, now I, I want to tell you that having clear expectations, having a clearer understanding of what my worries are and what my doubts are, are are really some essential steps towards getting to a better place. And and, and, in in our next episode, we're we're going to explore what it means to, to deal with our fears, to deal with our frustrations. We're going to have this conversation about self-regulation. Self-regulation, it's the ability to navigate the environment by managing my thoughts and emotions effectively. (laughs) Yep, we're going to talk about that because it's so important because this is really an issue of self-regulation. It's about how I manage me. And when we're so busy trying to control other people that we don't do a great job of managing our own selves. So as you're going through the days, you're going through life when life is lifing and things just don't seem to be going right. Just go left. And remember, so I always tell you, No matter what happens, you're enough. You're enough. Hey, again, I'm Dante Poole. This is your Life Sculptors episode. I can't wait for episode to follow this one where we talk about fears and frustrations and self-regulation. So I'll see you next time. And do me a favor. Like, subscribe, and share. Have a good one, y'all.